Welcome to Foundational You with Dr. Dean Hackett, the home of biblical teaching and cultural impact. We are so glad that you joined us for today's podcast. You can find out more about Dr. Dean, read his blog, and find more episodes at fdeanhackett.com. Now for today's episode. The second coming of Jesus Christ is right upon us. And when he gave to us those three clusters of events that he said would, would, would give birth to the last days and would, and would point to us that we are at the door, that Jesus Christ said that there would be this one major, this one major thing that is going to let you know that we are at the last days. He said, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, then will come great tribulation like the world has never seen. The Holy Scripture tells us in the book of Daniel, chapter 9, 24 to 27, that that abomination spoken of by the prophet Daniel would be a, a, a government rule that would rise and it would rule the world, and, and it would make a covenant with the nation of Israel for seven years. But halfway through, after three and a half years, it would break that covenant. When we get into the New Testament, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul makes a direct reference to that government that's going to rise up in the last days, saying that, that uh, there's going to come out of it this man of sin, this son of perdition that will break that covenant and will set himself up in the temple of God to be worshipped as God. The book of Revelation chapter 13 says there's going to come this rise of what is called the beast. And, and in Revelation chapter 17 talks about this same beast. And this beast is a federation of of ten, of, of ten leaders that, that rule the world economically, politically, and militarily. And these, these ten regions, after three and a half years, give their authority to one. So these ten humble themselves to one, and one rules. Now what's curious is both in Revelation 13 and in Revelation chapter 17 talking about this, this global governing authority and power. It starts with 10, but after three and a half years becomes one, and the one rules for three and a half years. That seven years fits perfectly with Daniel and with the other prophecies about the last days. So the question that we've been looking at is, how close are we to that kind of global governance? Well, we discovered that the United Nations, in their, in their Millennium Project, established 10 regions around the world, and their first two test cases of those, of those uh, regions, uh, each region would have its own parliament, would have its own prime minister, uh, would, would have its own, own trade agreements, and, uh, and these regions, uh, the nations within those regions, uh, they would come under one parliament, they'd come under one prime minister, they would have trade agreements among themselves, but they, they, they would also have uh, their own police force, 
All of that, all of that is designed in each of these 10 regions according to the UN design. The European Union was their first test case. NAFTA was their second test case. Then CAFTA, and, but, the, but they, they had these 10 regions. Well, then came the rise of the World Economic Forum as we, uh, uh, as we discovered, uh, founded uh, initially as the European Management Forum by Professor uh, Klaus Schwab from the University of Geneva, but it, it morphed in 1987 into the World Economic Forum and has become the world influence that it is today. And in 2019, united with the European, uh, excuse me, with the United Nations and became a, a division of the, of the United Nations <clears throat> and uh, uh, as the World Health Organization is, as the World Trade Organization, you have the World Economic Forum. The World Economic Forum said to the UN, we're going to help you fulfill six of your strategic developmental goals. And those six were, were uh, new financial management around the world, that by 2030 there would be a whole new financial management around the world, including uh, digital currency, including a one-world currency, uh, and, uh, and also the, uh, uh, they're going to work with the climate change, they're going to work with health, they're going to work with digital cooperation and education and skills. Now, I want to share with you a quote from a book written by Klaus Schwab. Uh, it was released in 2021. He was, uh, excuse me, in, in, in late 2020. The book is entitled COVID-19, The Great Reset. Now, no doubt by this time you have heard those words multiple times, The Great Reset. What is that all about? Well, in his book, Klaus Schwab describes and defines The Great Reset. But let me share this quote with you. At the time of writing, that is June 2020, the pandemic continues to worsen globally. Many of us are pondering what things will return to normal. The short response is, never. Nothing will ever return to the broken sense of normalcy that prevailed prior to the crisis because the coronavirus pandemic marks a fundamental inflection point in our global trajectory. Three things out of this statement. One, C-19 was not just a, a virus that rose, kind of like how viruses rise. It was a planned virus. Don't have time to go into detail to that, <clears throat> but there is clear uh, and, you, and you can find it, you can find it, it's been published in science magazines um, and, uh, and other, and other re, uh, uh, news reporting media that uh, the Gates Foundation and MIT that before the coronavirus ever came out held strategic planning sessions to develop how they would respond to the C-19 being released, and it 
took place just as they designed it, just as they strategically planned it. And, and Klaus Schwab is saying, look, we are using that to change the trajectory towards global governance. Think about what happened in 2020. For the first time in all of human history, the entire world came under the controls and the mandates of a single entity, the World Health Organization. All nations of the world submitted to that and came under that. And the World Economic Forum had a great amount of influence on that happening. And right now today, the influence of the World Economic Forum in, in business management, in corporate management, in the, in the banking industry through their ESG requirements is absolutely incredible and so significant. The Great Reset in 2020 launched a five-point plan that was based on Klaus Schwab's book. What was that five-point plan? Well, they called it Rethink, Reconfigure, Restart, Report. Rethink, Reconfigure, Restart, Report. Rethink. It would be wrong to return to the supply chains, working practices, and investment decisions of the past. Reconfigure. Organizations of all kinds will need new structures and new ways of working. A societal level will need new ways of decision-making and implementation of important changes. Restart. Countless businesses that have not been able to repair what is broken and have gone bankrupt will need to start over. Completely new in a very different world. Listen to this. But there will be new complexities to address and further disruptions to manage. Are they saying that they're going to purposely and intentionally bring some more disruptions? I believe so. Report. The pandemic has brought on a new level of required reporting. Implementation of the C-19 protocols. This level of transparency will continue and become permanent. Businesses and governments will need to show how they are performing against their wider stakeholder responsibilities. For business, this means reporting on a broader range of environmental, social, and governance metrics and disclosures. Can we say ESG? Did you notice it said it's going to become required and permanent? The level of control that is being influenced through the World Economic Forum and its new Global Governance Forum is staggering. They're calling it stakeholder capitalism. And stakeholder capitalism is nothing more than socialism, communism, 
in a whole new set of clothes. But it is still socialism and communism. The, and, and that is that is where the World Economic Forum is rising. And the level of controls, you, you read about how BlackRock is being uh, uh, and in its influence and power over over uh, banking industries and and whether they will or will not make business loans and corporate loans, corporate financing, and how the corporations are required to report how they are in compliance with the environmental standards, the sociological standards, and the governance standards. Okay, environmental standards. Okay. Uh, all of that that is coming out of of the uh, the the world environmental forums and and all that that is being required there, the the sociological requirements, the whole LGBTQ woke transgender that whole that whole standard that is being set and and is being required that that they comply. That when you when you look across the United States right now, and who are the CEO chairman of, of the boards across our nation, we now have the majority of the boards are afraid to do anything other than hire a woman to be their to be their chairman of the board because of the ESG requirements and because of the pressure. We're no longer we're no longer hiring the best CEO, the best chairman of the board, but we are, we are complying with these standards. And quite often, the, the, the best person for the job is going to the bottom of the pile because they are a white male. And, uh, and even though they are the best person for the job, they're hiring women or they're hiring minorities rather than having the best leadership. And we're seeing that effect in how our corporations, and, and just think of the bank failures of late that, that has gone on. All of that is because the ESG standards and requirements that are being there, global governance, the governance standards that are there, all coming under global control, global, global control, ESG standards that are absolutely pushing, pushing the world under a new global governance. That's the World Economic Forum. That's the Global Governance Forum. That is the UN that is happening. We are literally before our eyes watching as the fulfillment of the prophecy of Daniel, the Lord Jesus Christ, Revelation 13, Revelation 17, it is literally coming into place right now before our eyes. Dear ones, the second coming of Jesus Christ is so near. It is so near. We must prepare ourselves. And I, I want to I bring this podcast to this point right now. Are you certain if Jesus Christ were to split the sky right now, that you're ready to meet him? Are you living your Christian life in such a way as the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica? Listen, this shouldn't take us by surprise. We know he's going to come like a thief in the night. 
Jesus Christ himself said, we're going to come when it's least expected. And when I hear people say, oh, I don't think Jesus Christ would come today. That's exactly when he's going to come. Right when you don't expect him to come. He's going to come at, at, at the least opportune time for you. He's going to come at the least expected moment for you. He is going to surprise you when he comes. And yet at the same time, Jesus gave us markers that would let us know it's getting very, very close. And well, listen, we're no longer at 1145. We are now at 1158, 1159. I mean, the time is so close. Jesus Christ coming is so near. Are you ready? Have you prepared yourself well? Think about the parable Jesus gave about the ten virgins. Five were wise, five were foolish. God wants you to be wise and to be prepared for the coming of Jesus Christ. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you right now humble yourself before Jesus? Pull over to the side of the road if you're listening and driving. If you're at work, find a, a, a quiet place that you can slip out for just a couple of moments. If you're listening by phone, just pause yourself, bow your head right now, and pray, Lord Jesus Christ, forgive me for everything that I've done wrong. Forgive me, Jesus, that I've never allowed you to be in my life before. I choose now, Jesus, for you to come live in me and take control of my life. Jesus, forgive me, wash my heart pure and clean, and come live in me. I receive you now, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining me in this podcast today. I look forward to you joining me next time, and uh, I hope that you will walk with Jesus every day of your life. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. This Christ-centered biblical training is a ministry of Spirit Life Ministries. We hope that you are blessed by this podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues. For more information or questions for Dr. Dean, please contact us at the website fdeanhackett.com.